Hey, we're so excited about Miracle Weekend here at Woodlands Church, and I know our pastors have been praying and preparing for this weekend, and we really believe that God is going to work miracles, but it's all God, and he's a miracle-working God. He loves us so much, and so I don't know if you're in need of a miracle or not, but if you're not today, you will be one day. And we have a miracle working God. And so our pastors and our prayer teams are gonna be out at the fountain at the Woodlands campus and right outside at all of our campuses to pray for a miracle for you um, right after the service. But I want us to look today at what do you do when you need a miracle? What do you do when you need a miracle? And we're gonna look at a guy in the New Testament who got his miracle. He did the things that God calls us to do when we need a miracle. You can't earn or deserve a miracle, but you can put yourself in position to receive one. And so open your Bibles to Mark chapter 10, and would you stand in honor of God's word, Woodlands Church, and just follow along with me. Mark 10, verse 46. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Dear Lord God, we come to you today through your son, Jesus Christ. And we just ask you, to bring healing, to bring miracles. Lord Jesus, in the lives of everyone today who realizes how much they need one. And Lord, we thank you that you meet us at our point of need. We need you today. You're the only one that can work a miracle. You're the only one that can change a life. And Lord, I just thank you that you love us so much and you care about everything going on in our lives. And I pray today that you would just bring healing, in relationships, bring healing in marriages, bring healing in families, bring healing physically, bring healing emotionally, bring healing, Lord Jesus, spiritually. Heal in every way. We thank you that you love us and you're the only one who can meet our deepest needs. So we turn to you today and ask for your mercy, your grace, and your miracle. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I want us to look at five principles that you need to see from this passage when you need a miracle. What do you do when you need a miracle? Well, here are five things that we find in this passage that you need to be aware of, that you need to remember, that you need to put in place. First, you need to remember God always starts with the miracle you need most. God always starts with the miracle you need most. The journey to find your miracle always begins with God because God is the only one who can meet your deepest need. 
But the amazing thing about the Lord is he will meet you at your point of need. He comes to where you are to meet you at your point of need. In Mark 10, 40, 51, he says to the blind beggar Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Now, Bartimaeus had a lot of needs. He was poor. He was destitute. He was homeless. He, he didn't have a job. And he had many needs. I mean, he had a long list of needs, but Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, my greatest need is I need to see. I need to see. And Jesus met him at his point of need. Now, the thing that really impresses me about Bartimaeus is that he admitted honestly where he was and what he needed. He admitted that he was desperate, that he needed a miracle. And so the real question today is, where are you? I don't mean physically. Where are you spiritually? Where are you on your spiritual journey? Are you close to God? Are you closer to God than you've ever been? Are you further away from God than you've ever been? Are you moving closer to God? Are you moving further away from God? Where are you right now? On a journey to receive a miracle, you want to know where you are. You want to admit honestly where you are so that God can take you to where you need to be. And so Bartimaeus honestly admitted where he was. He was in a place of desperation. It was a place of darkness, a place of great need. And the only people who ever receive a miracle are those who admit they need a miracle. The only people who receive salvation are those who admit they need salvation. And so if you are desperate for a miracle today, you're in a good place. You're in an honest, humble place. And Jesus asks you today, what is it that you need me to do for you? What is the miracle you need most? I love how Jesus always met people at their point of need. He always, what do you need? What do you need? What is it that you need? What miracle do you need today? What is it that you need? Just tell him. He already knows what you need. He knows what you're thinking before you even think it but he wants you to say it to him, to come to him and pray. Really, this is a humble, heartfelt prayer. He's saying, Rabbi, I want to see. Jesus, I want to see. He's praying to the Lord, I want to see. And so what is it that you need most? God always starts with the miracle you need most. But here's the second principle you need to understand. The miracle you need most will lead you to what you really need most, a deeper relationship with God. The miracle that you think you need most will really lead you to what you truly need most, a deeper relationship with the Lord God. You see, after Bartimaeus was healed in Mark 10, verse 52, it says, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I love the imagery in that verse there because after he was healed, he physically followed Jesus down the road, but I believe spiritually he followed Jesus for the rest of his life. He followed Jesus, and that's what he needed most was a relationship with Jesus Christ, God himself. That's what Bartimaeus needed most. He felt like his greatest need was he needed to be healed of his blindness. He needed to see. 
But Jesus led him right to what he needed most. He needed to follow Jesus. He needed a relationship with the God who created him, who could meet his deepest needs. And that's because miracles never leave us where they find us. For you see, he went a whole new direction. You know, his whole life changed completely. The whole trajectory of his life was changed by that miracle. He followed Jesus, I believe, for the rest of his life. And miracles never leave us where they find us. God will work miracles in our lives to get us unstuck so that we'll get into a closer relationship with him. And so God always meets us at that point of need, what we think we need most, but what we really need most is a deeper, closer relationship with him. And God works miracles to bring us into a deeper relationship with him because of his love for us. Bartimaeus thought that the miracle he needed most was healing from his blindness, but what he needed most of all was a relationship with Jesus, a deep relationship with Christ that brings healing, joy, purpose, meaning, all of our deepest needs that we can never meet. That's the X that marks the spot of real treasure. God starts with a miracle we think we need most, but the real miracle he's trying to take us to is a rich and deep relationship with him. And that's the only treasure that will ultimately satisfy. Well, I want you to see a third principle, though. If you need a miracle today, you need to know this third principle. God works miracles in his time and in his way. God wants us to ask him for the miracle we think we need most. God says, what do you need most? What is it you want me to do for you today? God wants us to ask him and to pray to him for a miracle. But then he wants us to leave it up to him to do it his way in his time. It's up to God how he does it and when he does it. In Isaiah 55, 9, it says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, God's ways are so much higher than ours that, that we pray for the miracle that we think we need most, but we leave it to him because he knows what's best for us. We don't get to dictate the terms on how he works the miracle. So many times I'll pray for a miracle in my life and I think that God should do it this way or that way and he does it some completely different way and it doesn't make sense to me at the time but when you pray for a miracle, you have to leave it to God because he knows what's best even when we don't see it. He sees it, he understands it. He sees the big picture. But then there's a fourth principle that we have to be aware of. God's miracle in your life will always bring glory to himself and point people to Christ. That's the fourth principle if you need a miracle, but this is what it's all about. This fourth principle is what the miracle is all about. The whole point of God working a miracle in our lives is to point people to the source of miracles. All through the New Testament, whenever the disciples, the apostles would, would work a miracle, God would work a miracle through them, heal a blind man or a lame man or raise the dead, and people would start to come to them and think that they were special and people would want to worship them and they would always say, no, I'm just a man. I'm just like you. I'm ordinary. But the one who healed was Jesus. This man was healed in Jesus' name. Jesus' name always got the credit and the glory because he's the only one. He's the only source of miracles. And I am so grateful that God hears our prayers and there's gonna be miracles today. I believe that with all my heart. 
and God hears our prayers as we pray for God's healing and strength and miracles in your life today. But I am so grateful that he is the source of miracles. And so when God works a miracle in your life, his purpose is to point people to the miracle worker. When God works a miracle in my life, it's so that people can look at me and not see me, but the one who did the miracle, the miracle worker, because he's the source of all miracles. Isaiah 45 says, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I believe with all my heart, the glory of the Lord is gonna be revealed today in your life. The glory of the Lord is gonna be revealed today when he meets your needs, when he answers your prayer that people are gonna look and see what a great God we have. You know, they didn't look and see, wow, Bartimaeus is amazing. He's healed. No, they said Jesus is amazing. And when God works a miracle in our lives, when God answers our prayers, it's to point other people to him, to glorify his name, the true source of miracles. Well, then there's a fifth principle that you need to see, and this is really important as well. Only God can provide a miracle, but you have to put yourself in position to receive it. Only God can work a miracle, but you have to put yourself in a position to receive the miracle. You can't earn a miracle. It's all from God's grace and mercy and blessing. We can't deserve a miracle. You can't do enough good works to deserve a miracle. Just like you can't earn salvation. It's all by placing your faith in Christ and what he's done. You can't earn it or deserve it, but we can put our hearts in a posture to receive a miracle. We can put ourselves in position to receive the miracle that we could never deserve. There was a time in the Old Testament when the godly king of Judah was attacked by three armies. And in 2 Chronicles 2017, God speaks this to the godly king. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Now, I want you to focus in on that phrase close to the beginning, Take up your positions. Take up your positions. You see, I can't create a miracle in my life. Only God can do that. I can't deserve a miracle. I can't earn a miracle. But I can put myself in position to receive God's miracle. It's like a sailboat. If you're a sailor on a sailboat, you can't create the wind, but you can set your sail to catch the wind. You don't create the wind. You don't determine which way the wind blows, but you can set your sail to catch. You can position your sail to catch the wind. Well, Bartimaeus wasn't in the best location physically to receive a miracle that day. There were a lot of other people closer to the miracle worker. There were a lot of other people crowded around Jesus, and Bartimaeus wasn't in a position physically to receive a miracle. Many people were in a better position physically, but he was in the perfect position spiritually to receive a miracle from Jesus. He was in the best position of anyone there spiritually to receive a miracle from Jesus. So let's look at three ways that we can set our sail to catch the wind of God's miracle. Uh, three things we need to understand so we can position ourselves to receive the undeserved miracles of God. First is humility. You see, when Bartimaeus heard Jesus was gonna be walking through Jericho that day, 
meant hope sprang up eternal within him because he had heard that Jesus had healed the sick, he had raised the lame, he had healed the blind and made them see. And just something grabbed his heart when he heard Jesus of Nazareth was coming through Jericho that day. And so he didn't care what anyone else thought about him. He just wanted to meet Jesus. In Mark 10, 48, it says, when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And so Bartimaeus, I'm sure, was at his same begging place that he went every day. And he knew with that stick how to maneuver his way through the alleys that it probably got there even before sunrise made his way through, but it didn't matter to him because he lived in a continual darkness. And he gets to this begging place, which was a great place to be for someone who was begging because it was the marketplace where people would be passing through. And, and he knew he needed to get there and get set early so that he could start his begging. And there he was. And then all of a sudden, there's a crowd, and it's like, this is unusual. There's too many people here for a normal day. And he asked someone, what's going on? And they said, well, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, and boom, right when he heard the name Jesus, hope sprang up in his heart. And he was gonna do whatever it took to try to get Jesus' attention. And it says that, that he began you know, to cry out and began to cry out, have mercy on me. Focus in on that. Have mercy on me. See, Bartimaeus knew that he needed mercy. He was desperate. He humbly knew that he was desperate. He had no pride. And really, every one of us are as desperate as the poor blind beggar, but we just don't realize it sometimes. But when you get into that place where you realize how desperate you are, then you're in a good place for a miracle. In James 4, 6, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And some of you are in a sailboat, but you haven't even raised your sail. You're still paddling in pride. You're still paddling in pride, trying to make your way on your own, and you haven't set your sail to catch the wind of the Holy Spirit, to catch God's power in your life, God's miracle-working power in your life, because pride keeps God from working in our lives. It blocks God's miracles. Humility opens the door for God's miracles. And I'm telling you, Bartimaeus had no pride left. He knew how desperate he was, and everyone around him was just as desperate for Jesus Christ, but they just didn't know it. They didn't feel it. But then I want you to see a second ingredient here to position yourself for a miracle, humility and then honor, honor. There was a time where Jesus was teaching in his hometown, and and. Everyone was so amazed at his teaching. He, he taught with authority. He go, this guy's amazing. And then someone said, well, this guy's Jesus. He grew up here. He grew up down the street. He was a carpenter. Remember his dad, the carpenter shop, Joseph's Carpentry? I mean, he built my kitchen table. I mean, he's no big deal. He went to school with my kids. He's no big deal. And it says in Mark 6, verse 4, Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town among his relatives, and in his own house. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And so they dishonored him. They didn't honor Jesus. And it says that because of the lack of honor, he wasn't able to do many miracles there. Um, you see, there's this honor system that God has set up from the beginning of time. And Jesus, when he came to this earth, placed himself in that honor system. 
And that is, honor opens the door to blessing. Dishonor blocks blessings. And so when I dishonor God, when I dishonor Christ, it blocks blessings in my life. When I honor Christ with my life by giving him my best and first, then it opens up the door for blessings in my life. It doesn't say that Jesus decided not to do many miracles there. It says he could not. That's because he set himself up under this honor system. And some of you today, you've been grumbling and complaining, and it dishonors God, and it's blocked the blessings in your life. And God wants you today to praise him, to thank him in advance. Even though you're hurting and you're going through such pain, praise him and to thank him in advance. Now, God doesn't mind if you bring to him all of your um, just fears and worries and complaints and anger. God says, I can take it, just bring it all to me. But when we complain and gripe to others and we're just complaining and griping, but we don't really bring it all to God, that's the problem. That dishonors him. Plus, when we don't put God first in an area of our lives, that dishonors him. Bartimaeus, he honored Jesus. How do I know that? Because he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, everyone knew there that, that the Messiah that everyone was waiting for would come through the lineage of David. And so Bartimaeus, when he shouted, Jesus, son of David, was saying, I believe you're the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Lord of all. I believe you're the Messiah. And so that blind man saw what people with 20-20 vision that day did not see, that Jesus was the Son of God, and he honored him. The others there didn't honor, oh, Jesus is a good prophet, he, he can do some miracles, but, but they didn't believe he was the Son of God, but Bartimaeus honored him. And when we honor God and give him our best and give him our first in our lives, it opens up the door of blessing. In Mark 10, 47, it says, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Everyone said, be quiet, you're making a fool of yourself. I mean, you look ridiculous and you're making us all look bad. You're making the whole town look bad, but he didn't care what everyone thought about him. He just wanted Jesus. He gave up worrying about what everyone thought about him a long time ago. He wasn't out to try to win the approval of people. He just wanted Jesus. And when we get to that place where we don't worry about what anyone else thinks about us, we just want Jesus. We just want you. We don't care if we look foolish. We just want Jesus. Then we're there on the verge of a miracle. We honor God. Well, he honored God. And when we start to honor God and put him first and stop trying to please everyone else, but we honor God, that's when we're in the place to receive his blessings. In Colossians 3.23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for human masters. He's saying, whatever you do, really God, he's your boss, he's your master, and you wanna do everything to the best of your ability to put him first in your life. But then I want you to see a third thing. There's humility, honor, and then faith. Faith Helps you set your sail to catch the wind of God's miracle, faith. In Mark 10, 51, it says, Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him, and the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. 
go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Focus in on that phrase. Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Bartimaeus, faith in Christ activated the miracle. And I love the fact that scripture's real clear. It's not the amount of faith that you have. It's not how perfect your faith is. It's taking the little bit of faith that's imperfect that you have and place it all on Jesus. It's not the amount of faith that matters. It's the object of your faith that matters. What have you placed your faith in? You can have a whole lot of faith and put it in yourself. It's not gonna do anything. You can have a whole lot of faith and, and put it in something else. It doesn't matter. But when you take the little bit of ordinary imperfect faith you have and you place it all on a great God, that activates a miracle. God does the miracle but somehow, some way, he allows our faith to be part of it. He said, be it done to you according to your faith. Somehow, some way, God allows us to be a part of the miracle. And he says, all you need is mustard seed faith, the smallest seed known in that day. He said, if you'll just take the little bit of faith you have and place it all on me, not in other things, not in yourself, but in me, depending on me, that activates a miracle. Our culture says, I'll believe it when I see it, but God says, you'll see it when you believe it. Place your faith in me. Did you realize that Bartimaeus, if he would have just stopped yelling, making a fool of himself, if he would have thought, you know what, these people are right, I'm making a fool of myself, it doesn't seem like a good day to really connect with Jesus, and so maybe, you know, when he passes through Jericho again soon, I'll be able to be healed, but right now, everybody's telling me to be quiet, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm worried that they're gonna think that I'm really messing up this town, so I, I think what I'll do is I'll just, I'll just wait for next time when Jesus passes through, but did you realize this was the last time Jesus would ever go through Jericho, because he was going through Jericho on his way to the cross. Jesus was passing by, and Bartimaeus he said, this is my moment. This is my divine moment, and I'm gonna seize it. You see, if he would have let that moment slip away, Jesus would have passed by, and he never had a chance to encounter Christ and the miracle that he needed. And I know that Jesus is passing by right now, and none of us know when Jesus will pass by for the last time. A lot of people say, well, I wanna receive Christ one day, but not today. Well, you don't get to decide when Christ speaks to you through his Holy Spirit. If he doesn't speak to you, you can't receive Christ. But he's speaking today. He's passing by today. He's right where you are today, and all you gotta do is reach out. He's right there, and receive him. Humbly receive him, and honor him, and put him first in your life and place the little bit of imperfect faith you have totally on him, and you'll receive the greatest miracle of all, the miracle of life change. If you've never received Christ, he's passing by right now. I, I don't know what you need most, but he's asking, what do you want me to do for you? And he's right there. And some of you are tempted today to walk out and, and, and go out and leave this place, but not go by the prayer fountain, and not go by the, the four-year area of our campuses and pray with our prayer teams, but are you desperate for the miracle? God wants to answer prayer, but he wants us to come to him, the source of miracles. And so I want us to bow our heads right now. And if you've never received Christ, the greatest miracle of all salvation, then just pray this prayer to the Lord. Dear Jesus Christ, I need you. 
I humbly admit that I'm desperate in my sins and I need your forgiveness. I also, Lord, honor you. I ask you to be first place in my life as best I know how. I put you first in my life and I ask you to come into my life through your Holy Spirit. Lord, I don't have a lot of faith, but the little bit of faith I have, I place totally in you to save me, to bring me to heaven one day and be the Lord of my life. And then, Lord Jesus, we come to you today and we do ask you for miracles. We ask you, Jesus Christ, in your name, Jesus Christ, for you are the source of miracles, to work miracles today in hearts, in lives, in relationships, in bodies, in families. Work miracles, Lord, as only you can. And I know you're asking everyone today, what is it that you need me to do for you? And Lord, I pray that every one of us would just say a little prayer to you of what we need. I thank you that you care about us. And then, Lord, we know that what you want most is to meet us at our point of need, but to take us to what we really need most, and that's a deeper relationship with you, Jesus. So do that and be glorified. Be glorified, Lord Jesus Christ. Be lifted up, Lord Jesus Christ, and draw people to yourself. Today, work miracles as only you can. We know that you are the miracle-working God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.